When we look back at Max Scherzer's time with the New York Mets, will we consider it a failure? I'll discuss that more on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today in the first segment, we're going to reflect on Max Scherzer's tenure with the New York Mets and if he succeeded or failed in New York. In the second segment, we're going to look at Luis Angel Acuna, the result of Max Scherzer's tenure now, and how it could bring uh, more of a fond memory towards Scherzer in the future. Then the final segment, Ron Mauricio is taking reps at third base. What does that mean for Brett Beatty? And, of course, for Mauricio, as they are both figuring to be part of the Mets' future. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as a managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnMLB or enter the promo code LockedOnMLB for a free white tech cat with any order. Now, we are still reeling from the Mets trade deadline decisions, and the moves they made with their aces, trading Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. It will undoubtedly shape this franchise moving forward, how those prospects pan out, what those two guys do in the latter stages of their career, and if the Mets are able to get back into the playoffs over the next couple of seasons or if they're in for a little bit of a playoff drought. And Max Scherzer was a huge part of what eliminated a previous playoff drought. And I really want to look back at a strange tenure with this team because he signs with the Mets, three-year, $130 million deal, crazy contract, blew us all away, heading into a lockout, mind you, where they didn't have the traditional press conference with the jersey and the whole thing that we saw Justin Verlander go through this offseason. Instead, it was COVID-laced, I could say in some respects. Uh, You know, it was... A Zoom press conference outside of a country club with Scherzer and Boris and the line of questioning never really came across. It was just weird. It was a weird press conference. Go back and watch it. It was strange. And again, the lockout was on everybody's mind. If you remember, there was a rash of signs before this arbitrary deadline where the league got locked down and then another rash of signings after. Just a strange, strange offseason. But Scherzer was this big domino that fell along with the signings of Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, and Mark Canna that you know, promised the Mets to be a contender. And they come out of the lockout, they make a trade for Chris Bassett, and they go on to have a great season, the second best regular season in franchise history, 101 wins. And Scherzer was great when you look at the stats. 2-3-3 ERA, you know, was a Cy Young type pitcher, but he missed some time, so he wasn't able to really be in that conversation. But he made 23 starts, and he went at least six innings in all but four of them. Just was an anchor. He was a leader, and he drove the Mets to a lot of winning last season. 
But if we're going to look at his tenure in New York, it's hard not to look at that great season and have it be colored by the way it ended. Because the Mets went on and they collapsed down the stretch. It wasn't a massive collapse. It wasn't an 07 or an 08. But they still lost the division that was in hand for most of the year. Now, Granted, you have to tip your cap to the Braves. They played unbelievable baseball. It feels like they've been playing 700 baseball since you know, the end of May last year. They've just been the best regular season team in the National League. They've been awesome. And they went up and they grabbed that division from the Mets right at the end in a head-to-head series. But Max Scherzer got the ball in one of those games. And with your season on the line as far as winning the division and ensuring a playoff bye, which the Mets desperately could have used in retrospect, goes out against the Braves, gives up nine hits, four earned runs, two home runs, doesn't make it through six, gets knocked out in the sixth inning. The Mets lose that game. Then, all right, you regroup. Max Scherzer has been the ace all year. Mets gave him the ball game one of the wild card round. Instead of Jacob DeGrom, who ended up winning game two and was excellent. Game one, Scherzer gets booed off the mound. Gives up seven runs, four home runs, doesn't make it out of the fifth inning. Just a disaster of a start. This year, Max Scherzer's season was just an absolute roller coaster. He's given up home runs. His ERA looks ugly early. He looks great against the Dodgers in the start and then gets ejected from the game for sticky stuff and is suspended. Whether you believe he used it or not, still part of the story in a very strange year. He comes back off of that suspension. There's been injuries. He was nicked up all season. Faces his old team in the Tigers. Gets rocked. After that start, the ERA was at 5-5-6. Now, over the course of the season, he got his ERA under four in four different occasions. It was just hovering right around there between 3-5 and then bouncing back over four. And there was some stretches where he had really good runs with the Mets and proved that he could still be a great starting pitcher. And now maybe we're seeing it with Texas. Has got his ERA back under four with them. But you look at the whole of it, 19 starts this year, 13 of them he allows home runs. And again, didn't come through in some big starts. If you really tried to diagnose and you listen to the tea leaves of when the Mets decided to go into this repurposing for the season, it was that series against the Red Sox. If the Mets win that series against the Boston Red Sox in Fenway, and then they went up against the Yankees, if they had fared better in that stretch, and particularly that one series over that weekend before the exodus happened the following weekend, the Mets might still be sitting in that position. They might be the Padres right now, trying to cling on in this wild card race. They win game one of that series against the Red Sox. Max Scherzer takes the ball in a big game to win a big series. He gives up four home runs, five runs over six innings. That's it. That's it. They lose that, that game. And they scored a lot of runs, but it didn't matter. Because Scherzer got knocked around. And then you handed the ball to Carlos Carrasco and he gave away the series, which isn't surprising. Now Scherzer pitched seven strong against the Nationals before getting traded. That was his last start in a Mets uniform. Lower zero rate of 4.01. But even with that, the one run he allowed 
a home run, prevented him from getting that ERA under four. You said that's not significant, and honestly, in the grand scheme of things, it probably isn't. But since 2011, Max Scherzer has never finished with an ERA over four. Any season or any stop. He had one year where he was traded, obviously, in 2021. Was great in both of those stops. Even better for the Dodgers after the deadline than he was with the Nationals, where he still pitched to a sub-3 ERA. Pitching to an ERA over 4 is not what you were paying for when you get the guy for $43 million. And yes, if he stayed the whole year, probably doesn't happen. But when you look back on his tenure with the Mets, you're going to see that 4.01 ERA. You're going to see the 23 home runs he allowed. You're going to remember a disastrous season where the Mets were the biggest failure in MLB history when it comes to expectations versus performance. And yeah, there's a lot of people who can point the finger towards. I believe the Mets were 12-7 and in games started by Max Scherzer this year. Not his fault. But that's not going to change the narrative. When we look back on Pedro Martinez's career at the Mets, which was, I guess, the closest comp I could find of signing a guy at the end of his career who was awesome, future first bout Hall of Famer, all of it. Pedro's first year at the Mets, people don't remember, he pitched to a 2.82 ERA. He was great. 15-8 and record, 208 strikeouts, and 217 innings pitched, made every start. He was everything you paid for. 2006... He's remembered as one of the main reasons why that incredible team was a disappointment and a letdown because he wasn't healthy, didn't perform well, pitched to an ERA of 4.48. 2007, he goes to a 2.57 ERA, but it was only five starts. 2008, last year at the Mets, he had an ERA over five. Yes, Pedro was a more disastrous end, but when you really look back in Mets history, I think they're going to be remembered in a similar light. Great players who put on a Mets uniform and had arguably their worst stop of their career. You look at the Tigers' tenure, well, yeah, it was bumpy in the beginning, but Scherzer won a Cy Young. You look at the Diamondbacks, I think people just throw that out. It was before Scherzer was Scherzer. Nationals probably goes into the Hall of Fame or does go into the Hall of Fame with the Nationals cap on. Dodgers for a short stint, ERA under two. New York Mets, a horrible playoff start, and the biggest disappointment in franchise history. It's not one of the biggest disappointments in MLB history. I hate to say it, or maybe I don't, because maybe I'm still a little bit bitter about the way Scherzer had some sour grapes on his way out and didn't take it with the same level of class that Justin Verlander did. But if I had to categorize whether Max Scherzer's tenure in New York was a success or a failure, I think I lean more failure because the Mets didn't win a playoff series and in the season where they were the favorites, they have put their fan base through a torturous 2023 campaign and... Max Scherzer and his role in it played a pretty big part. And that's maybe the lack of accountability that we saw from Scherzer when he finally did speak about it afterwards that will maybe continue to color the way Mets fans think about him moving forward. But if Luis Angel Acuna is as good as he's supposed to be, the fact that Max Scherzer came to the Mets will be 
a massive victory for the franchise long term. That's what I want to talk about next. How the legacy can change. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Wearing Bird Dogs is about as comfortable as you will ever feel in a pair of nice shorts. You can always throw on gym shorts or something like that and find a level of comfort, but you're going to look sloppy. You're not going to look bad in Bird Dogs. You're going to look great, especially with their stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff and restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix that issue by inventing the cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get that slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement or comfort at all. These shorts feel amazing. There's pants as well, and Bird Dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long and keeps you just feeling fresh. So if you want to try Bird Dogs, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB or enter the promo code LockedOnMLB and you're going to get a free white tech hat with every order, just like this bad boy here. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB for promo code LockedOnMLB and, or sorry, use promo code LockedOnMLB when you go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. You're going to get this free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. The New York Mets play the Chicago Cubs 7:10 Eastern Time tonight. Catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. All right, so as we look at the Max Scherzer trade, it, it was clearly a win for the Mets. Now, they had to eat a lot of money, okay? And that was part of what allows you to get a prospect like Luis Angel Acuna, but you got him. And now Acuna is the top prospect in your farm system. He's on a six-game hitting streak in Binghamton. He just stole three bases in the game on Tuesday night, and he's actually in a competition, we learned, with his brother, Ronald Acuna Jr., for who's going to steal more bases this year? Ronald's at 53, and now with a three stolen base game, here comes his little brother at 46. We'll see if he catches him. It's going to be a, a fun stolen base race. But when you look at that team in Binghamton right now, you are seeing the future of the Mets, and that's going to be the podcast on Friday. I'll spend a little more time on these guys. But there is something going on down there there's a playoff race and there's this guy starting at shortstop who has the chance to be a really special player and he clearly has confidence he's saying all the right things he saw him meet with the media and he gives off some star power you know he he isn't cocky and he's not showing it but he's confident when you hear him say you know i'll be up there soon talking about the big leagues and Playing with Francisco Alvarez and being able to compete against his brother in division in the division, here's a, a kid that thinks he's going to be there and he's going to be uh, playing a big role. And I think when you look at the team next year, and you have Drew Gilbert, who's a, another really promising prospect who's starting center field on that same team right now. You think about the Mets next season, Acuna is the one that I think has a better chance to be a big part of the 2024 Mets. I'm not saying he's going to break camp. But I think he's going to be sitting in that same position 
that the Mets had Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez in coming into the year. Well, maybe we see him with a little cameo in AAA down the stretch this year so he gets a taste. Or maybe they like to keep that whole team together and have this just exciting bunch in Binghamton make a playoff push and you know, play together. And, and we'll see you know, if guys like him and Gilbert and Jeremiah Jackson, who they also got at the deadline in the Dominic Leone trade, if these players can one day make it up to the big leagues together. But Acuna is the guy that I think has this high floor because he's just a supreme athlete. If he gets on base, which he's shown the ability to do in the minors, he is going to swipe bags. He's going to score runs. He's going to be a table setter. And you can envision a world where soon as next year, it's some combination of him and Brandon Nimmo atop the lineup. Setting the table for your Lindors, your Alonzos. Acuna is a piece that has incredible name recognition for a prospect because of his brother and his just bloodline. A lot of guys coming out of his family who have played in the big leagues. A lot of cousins and things like that. His father was a Mets farmhand back in the day. But Luis and Hell could really be the piece of this deadline that the Mets just went through. And if he is, and you look back at Max Scherzer, you say, all right, well, he gave the Mets two seasons. One was bad. One was great. He delivered a 101-win season in his first year with the Mets. And then he delivered a prospect that blossomed into a guy that was a stalwart for 10 years. It, it could all be worth it. And I think there's a better chance than not that it is. And you ultimately look back at the money spent on Max Scherzer. You think about the first year and it being completely worth it. And you think about what the second and third year option netted you in this prospect. And for Steve Cohen's money, that $130 million investment was well worth it. It gave you 101 wins in an incredibly fun year that I think put the franchise sort of back on the map as far as what it could be under Steve Cohen and a really game-changing prospect. And also, by saving money in that deal, we'll see how the Mets reinvest it. And if they use any of the dollars they save on Scherzer next season, and it's part of what gets you Yamamoto to take his spot in the rotation or even crazier if the Mets somehow pull off the impossible and land Shohei Otani, which I'm not counting on, but still. It's going to continue to, to look better and better over time. Now, though, when the Mets are sitting in a long season and Acuna is still in double-A, still a failure for, for what he brought to the Mets on the field this year and how he might be remembered based on um, just a rocky season. But... Enough about Scherzer. We'll we'll turn the page and move on now. I want to spend a little bit of time on the Mets game uh, on Tuesday night, but also on Ronnie Mauricio's big shift over to third base. Could he be the long-term answer there instead of Brett Beatty? We'll discuss that next before we do. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper's now offering up to 100 times payout for up to 8-pick contests where you can choose as many as 8 players that you like and you can pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like 
home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Plus, there's built-in group chat functionality where you can see and copy your group's picks with a tap of a button. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. No safe and fast withdrawals. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The New York Mets play the Chicago Cubs, 7:10 Eastern Time tonight. Catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Tuesday night, Ronnie Mauricio started at third base for the first time this season. He also hit his 17th home run of the season. So good game from Ronnie. And that decision to start at third base was a suggestion by Buck Showalter, which of course is interesting because we could see Ronnie Mauricio up this year. Maybe he is playing third base for the Mets. Now this accomplishes a lot of different things. And right now it's not, he's just the starting third baseman over Brett Beatty in Syracuse. It's going to be a timeshare. He's going to play two games at third, two games at short, two games at second each week, but they're keeping him in the infield. So no more Ronnie Mariso in the outfield. Maybe it's just looked that terrible, or maybe the Mets just don't see a long-term fit for him out there. When you have Nemo and Marte next year, when you potentially could add Drew Gilbert into the mix at some point, at you know probably more likely midway through next season than the beginning, but you know, long term that's an answer. You have Ryan Clifford as another outfield prospect now, and for all we know, Luis Angel Acuna could be an outfielder. They might utilize his speed in the outfield. Um, maybe they just think pure athleticism long term. If you have two guys who are infielders and shortstops, and Mauricio and Acuna, maybe. Acuna would be the the guy that would handle that move a little bit better. His brother does play right field. When you think about Ronnie Mauricio and where he can play long-term, third base, if he stays in the infield, does make the most sense. He's a big guy, could handle the position, has a big arm. You got Francisco Lindor at shortstop, and Mauricio has some experience here. He played there in the Winter League, looked pretty good. Now, small sample size, how many eyeballs are really on him, but the, the reports were okay. And basically, I can't remember if it was Ellie De La Cruz or O'Neill Cruz. It might have been O'Neill, but one of the Cruz's, uh, who's you know, either uh, if it was Ellie, uh, more highly regarded prospect, I think it was actually O'Neill, who at that point had already spent some time in the big leagues, went down to the Dominican Winter League. They grabbed shortstop, and that pushed Mauricio over. But you know, he does profile as a solid third baseman, and playing third base might come more naturally than second base. He's on the same side of the diamond that he's comfortable. Getting reads out the bat may be a lot easier for him at third base than at second base. So, in a sense, for him, okay. The question is long-term, what does this mean? And I still think Brett Beatty is the better bet to be the long-term third baseman of the New York Mets, but he didn't show it this year. And now... When Mauricio's playing third, I'm sure Beatty's in left, and that could be an alignment that we see next season. If Ronnie Mauricio hits, uh, you know whether it's you know just to close out this year in Syracuse or he gets a shot with the Mets and hits and then hits in spring training, you could make an argument that he would have shown enough where he deserves that job. And if they both break camp, Brett Beatty could be your starting left fielder. 
And maybe there's less pressure on Beatty and left, at least defensively. I still think that Beatty as a bat long-term is going to be better than Ronnie Mauricio. I have not seen enough from Mauricio's numbers this year, and despite Beatty's struggles, to think that long-term, all of a sudden those guys have flipped. But you have to keep your options open. And I think if that position can be held down by one of them, or on the outside chance of Mark Vientos, but defensively I never think he's going to get there. But that's important because the prospects you have coming up aren't really set to fill in at third base. Now, Luis Angel Acuna could be a third baseman if they really wanted to, but it seems like the Mets would prefer to keep him up the middle, whether that be second base, center field. It, it seems like that's what they would rather do. And, and again, you could also make the argument that him in left field would be the best athletic move they could make as far as keeping their outfield defense strong moving forward, if that is the move for next year. So you have to try to figure out how all the young pieces are going to fit. And I think next year is going to be a lot of finding the right combination, and that's the only hope the Mets are going to have in having a competitive season is if the young guys break out. So I think this is good to just get some different tools in the toolkit. I also think it's interesting because, as I mentioned on yesterday's show about Brett Beatty getting demoted, the Mets keep him. Triple A all year, they get an extra year of service time. That makes him more valuable to the franchise moving forward. So if Ronnie Mauricio looks good at the position in his couple of starts, they do it for two weeks, and Brett Beatty hasn't really sh- shined in, in some great way, Ronnie Mauricio can get the call and can be the starting third baseman, and the Mets could say, look, we decided the best development for both of these players was to keep Brett Beatty and Triple A working on things. He got a lot of big league experience. We wanted him to work on his defense every day, and we want Ronnie Mauricio to play every day. So Ronnie at third in the big leagues with Jeff McNeil playing second was our best course of action. It gives you another built-in excuse to keep Beatty down. And again, if the Mets decide to do that, I don't call it service time manipulation in the respect that Beatty didn't necessarily do enough to earn a year of service time this year. He didn't play well. So the Mets decide to develop him at AAA and say, look, developing in the big leagues didn't work this year for him. Almost just have to sign off on it. Now, a couple more notes uh, for the show today. One, Mike Vassell in that game that Ronnie Mauricio homered pitched a gem, and it was great to see he has not fared well in the early going in Syracuse. This was his ninth start. It's only the second time he's made it past the fifth inning. So he's getting knocked out early a lot of different times. He's walked a ton of batters. Pitch counts have gotten away from him. In this game, he walked just two, gave up one hit, struck out seven, and did not allow a run. So, an amazing start from Vassal. If he has a couple more of these in a row, you never know. You might see him at some point at the end of August or more likely in September, um, starting for the Mets. Finally, the big league club. Sometimes uh, with the way this year is going, we'll forget about them a little bit because everything else going on in the organization is more important for 2024. But Pete Alonso is on a heater. He had a home run again, two-run homer in the first inning to put the Mets up. But they did not score again in the game, and Carlos Carrasco was actually decent, allowing two runs over five innings. Drew Smith gets the loss. The Mets lose 3-2. to two. Now, the series finale will be David Peterson versus Kyle Hendricks. We'll see what happens from the Mets. It'd be nice to see them win a series. I'm not against the Mets winning. I know first episode this week was about a tank job, and 
Could the Mets get better lottery odds? And that's still always the silver lining with every loss. You say, all right, lottery odds improve. But also, if you're a fan of the team, you'd like to see them win one. So we will see what happens in this series finale before, oh my God, a weekend series against the Braves. That's going to be unfortunate to watch, most likely. But make sure... Uh, you follow rate review and you'll get a full breakdown of that series on Monday uh, where uh, we'll see if the Mets grabbed the one or got swept, but there's still more baseball before we have to talk about that. Again, follow rate review, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe on YouTube, follow me on Twitter, Finkelstein Ryan, follow the show locked on Mets. Thank you for making locked on Mets your first listen every day. If you want to catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast tomorrow or this weekend, you can do so. Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.